If you have a copy of God's Word, turn to 1 John chapter 4. John is starting to get to the seriousness of what he's talking about in 1 John. He says in verse 1, Beloved, believe not every spirit, but try the spirits where they are of God. Because many false prophets are gone out into the world. Hereby know ye the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is of God or out of God. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist. Whereof you have heard that it should come and even now already is in the world. By God's grace, we will be preaching upon these three verses this morning. They are very important to your Christian life. The church, the congregation of the Lord is set up to build up the saints in the faith. We're to discern between truth and error. And John said back in his time that many false prophets have entered out into the world. How much truer is that today? There's so many teachings going on of being taught from pulpits which are from demons. Satanic. And sometimes people don't realize what's going on today. But I hope before we finish this morning you'll realize that everything that you hear taught is not of God. May we pray. Our gracious Father, as we look to thy word, we thank you for the opportunity to assemble together, to sing hymns, and to pray, and to listen to the word of God being proclaimed that we might grow in grace and knowledge of Christ, and that we might become mature Christians, that we can discern between good and evil, that we can discern between error and truth, Be with us now and bless us as we preach the word. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. It's very important that you study the word of God. The question is this morning, are you and I sound in the faith? When a preacher stands up to preach, His goal should be to build the saints up in the faith. And that's talking about a body of truth that we believe, as we're going to see. I have a note here. God's people must be ever cautious concerning false teachers, that they may arise to deny the incarnation, the deity, and the atonement of our Lord Jesus. And we must not accept any of those claims without testing them by God's truth in the light of the Holy Spirit's teaching. The Spirit of truth is known not only by doctrine, but by love, which is the natural fruit of the Spirit. The manifestation of divine love through the life argues a true and just apprehension of the divine nature. And such love can never deny the Lord. If you truly love the Lord Jesus, you cannot deny Him. John, having commanded his readers in 
Roman, uh, in uh, 1 John 3.23, having commanded his readers to believe in the name of Jesus, John now tells them whom not to believe. Now you're to believe in Jesus, he said, but there are some that you're not to believe in. He said, and this is his commandment that we should believe on the name of the Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another as he gave us commandment. This passage begins with a command, believe not every spirit. You're commanded not to believe everything being taught that you hear today. You can't believe every preacher because he claims to be a preacher. Everyone says they have the truth. Everyone says they are sin of God. Now how can we know the true from the false? By the Word of God. By the Word of God. As we study, as we search and try, and also through the ministry of the Holy Spirit and through the teaching of the pastors in local congregations who are preaching the truth. Believe not every spirit expresses the negative side. Then he says, try the spirits expresses the positive side. We're to try the spirits to see if they are of God. Now this is not just for Brother Dave, Brother Roger, and myself. This is for the whole congregation. Your responsibility is to try the spirits whether they be of God. And before I finish this morning, I hope you'll understand how to do that. Sometimes we teach things over and over. You say, why do you teach certain things over so much? So that you can understand it and it sinks in. Sometimes you have to teach a child over and over and over before they comprehend something. You will be no stronger in your walk with God than your foundation of truth. Your knowledge of God is important because how you think and how you approach God determines how you believe in God. A lot of people say they believe in God, some abstract unknown, but very few believe in God, the Lord Jesus Christ, manifested in flesh, God the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. That's the true and living God. By spirit, the apostle means teacher. But he looks to the real root of the teaching. There is the evil spirit of Satan who teaches in false prophets. Now this is something that you need to come to understand. These false prophets and false congregations that are teaching contrary to the word of God are being inspired by Satan. Now you may have never thought about it in that sense, but he is the doctrine, he is the teacher of error. All error comes from Satan. He's the father of lies. Second Corinthians chapter 11, verses 13 through 15 says, For such are false apostles, deceitful workers, transforming themselves into the apostles of Christ. They're imitating to be apostles of Christ. And no marvel, don't be amazed, for Satan himself is transformed into an angel of light. Therefore there is no great thing 
if his ministers also be transformed as the ministers of righteousness, whose end shall be according to their works. You'll know them by their works. How they live, how they talk, what they teach, their doctrine, as we're going to see. By the word of God, which is the standard of all doctrine. Whatever agrees with that is to be received, and what does not should be rejected. Any teaching, whether from Roger, Brother Dave, myself, or any other preacher, that does not go according to God's word can be rejected. You're to accept what God's word agrees with. The Bereans, they studied the scriptures daily to see if those things were so or not. We need to be like that. We need to search daily the word of God. Beloved, these are the eternal things we're talking about. We are in a spiritual conflict in this world. And you don't have to be uh, a brilliant person to see that. You see what's going on in our governments. You see what's going on in the world, the wars and all the chaos and all the ungodliness. Look at the wickedness and ungodliness in America. What's, what's that a sign of? It shows you the age in which we're living, beloved. We're living in a sinful, wicked, ungodly generation. Paul says, in the last days, perilous times shall come. For men should be lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. People don't have time for God today. They got to go to the baseball games, the football games. They have to go to this amusement and that amusement. God forbid that one of God's children should go to a football game or a baseball game and neglect the Lord's house. But it's going on everywhere. It shows the lack of dedication to the Lord. It's okay to put the world first. Oh, beloved, Satan has blinded the eyes of people today. There was the time in some parts of this area that businesses was closed on Sunday. People went to the Lord's house. That was natural. Today, it's not like that. The body of confessions of most people today. Who's the Lord that I should serve Him? That's the that's the question most people ask. Who's the Lord that I should serve Him? Who is He to tell me what to do? We won't have this man to reign over us. And the sad part about it, many Christians fit that testimony. We're to believe the doctrines taught by Christ and the apostles. This is how we try false spirits. By the teaching of Jesus Christ in the four gospels and throughout the epistles and other letters that he's mentioned, we're to read them and read the apostles' doctrine, what they taught. This is how we as, a, as, as elders should be teaching the church and building you up in the faith Sometimes to consistently teach a certain book like we're doing and going through that book is difficult for us. It's easier just to pick a topic and preach on a topic for the day. Much easier. And sometimes we try to stir up the emotions, not intentionally, but get people excited. But it's the truth that should make you excited. Do you want to grow 
and grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ, it's truth that's going to set you free. Jesus said, and you shall know the truth in John 8, 32, and the truth shall make you free. Only truth sets free from error. If you want to be set free from false teaching, it's only the truth and God's Word that will set you free from that. Jude chapter 3. It says, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, there's a lot of things you and I experience which are common to each other. Temptations, experiences, sorrow, disappointments. It was needful for me to write unto you, exhort you, that you should earnestly contend for the faith. What's he talking about? He said, I want you to earnestly contend for that faith, the doctrines and the taught by Christ and the apostles. Contend for those teachings. Stand fast in those teachings, which was once delivered unto the saints. That's what we are to teach today. We're to teach the doctrines of Christ and the doctrine of the apostle, the apostle's doctrine. He said, earnestly can do that. Get, get, get enthused about it. It's, it means life and death to a lot of Christians. A lot of Christians are out in the world today. They're away from God. And God says, the way of the flesh is destruction. It's a serious matters. A child of God who's born again, child of God, his obligation is to be in the house of God if possible. And worship the true and living God. It's an honor. Don't look at it as something that you have to do. Look at it as something that you want to do. Titus 1.13 says, This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply, that they may be sound in the faith. What does faith mean there? It means the doctrine, the body of truth, which we believe. Do you know what you believe? Do you know in whom you have believed? We sang the song. Do you know whom you believe? If you believe in Jesus, the teaching of Jesus is based upon what? Sound doctrine. Who He was. The Son of God. His brother David said, listen to brother Jimmy Barber's podcast that he's on sermons audio on the son, sonship of Christ, on the son of God. It's a blessing. Also, Peter says in first Peter five nine, wherefore whom resist talking about the devil steadfast in the faith. What faith? The faith, the doctrine of teaching which you believe, the body of truth which we believe is taught in the New Testament and Old Testament, knowing that the same afflictions are accomplished in your brethren that are in the world. Stand fast. Don't be tossed about with every wind of doctrine. Beloved, there's so much stuff being taught today, it, it, it can make you dizzy. This preacher's preaching this, this preacher's preaching that, this preacher's preaching this, and then you have to come to the conclusion, a lot of this teaching is coming from Satan. It's coming from the devil. I can back that up. Just wait a few moments. So steadfast in the faith. Paul says in 1 Corinthians 16, 13, Watch ye, stand fast in the faith, quiet you like me and be strong. 
the man of God in the church, they are, are, are in head of families, are to be stand fast in the sound faith and teachings of the Word of God. Stand fast. That's your confidence. That's your anchor. That's your foundation. God's Word is the foundation which we stand. When Jesus was tempted by the devil, he said, It is written, it is written, it is written, Thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. And when you know, when you and I are challenged by the world, false prophets by the devil, we need to say, It is written. Going back to the Word of God. In Acts 16, 5, it says, And so were the congregations established in the faith and increased in numbers daily. The purpose of elders and teachers in the congregation is to establish you in the faith, the doctrines which we believe. That's our purpose. We're not to preach sermons to make you feel good or tell jokes to make you laugh. People go to nightclubs to get entertained. The church is not a place to be entertained. It's a place God has set up for the establishing of His congregation and to the edifying of the body of Christ through the preaching of the truth, Brother Rods. In Acts chapter 14, verse 22, it says, Confirming the souls of the disciples. We have a lot of people need to be confirmed. Need to be talked to one-on-one. There's many weak Christians today. I mean very weak. Weak in the faith. Weak in their own confidence of being a Christian. Weak in what they believe. Confirming the souls of the disciples and exhorting them to continue. Exhorting them. Exhortation. Continue in the faith. That's why we're to exhort people today. That we must through much tribulation, enter into the kingdom of God. The Christian life is not a walk, it's not a cakewalk, as they say. Beloved, it's a battle. It's a fight. Paul said, I've kept the faith. I've finished my course. I fought the fight. And you, by the child of God, you will have to fight the fight too. It's not easy to live for the Lord in the sense of not having any conflict. There's a battle of the world. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eye, and we have to deal with the pride of our own life. Constantly looking to the Lord to overcome these things. And in Acts 6, 7 it says, And the word of God increased, and the number of the disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to what? To the faith. As they heard the apostles preaching and teaching, they were obedient to the gospel and they believed in Jesus Christ. It says in the book of Acts, many believed in the gospel. They believed the gospel that was being preached. And it's always been true down through history. It says some believed and some believed not. There's those that can hear and there's those that cannot hear. Unless you've been born of the Spirit of God and have your ears open, they cannot hear. Acts 13, 48 says, As many as were ordained in eternal life believed. They believed the message they heard because they were ordained to eternal life when they held that life within through the Holy Spirit. Then they can receive the message and believe it. But until then, they're dead in trespasses and sins. As 
Paul says, without hope and without God in this world, they have no evidence that they even believe in God. Oh, beloved, what a state to be in. Now we're going to look at the ministry of the Holy Spirit. First of all, we have the, the body of truth which we believe. You must stand on the Word of God. You've got to need a strong foundation. What do you know about the attributes of God? What do you know about the Scriptures? The inspiration of the Scriptures. We believe in the divine inspiration of the Scriptures. God's Word. What do you know about Jesus Christ as far as His deity? His humanity? How was He God and man at the same time? God the Father. What do you know about the Father? Now we come down to the Holy Spirit. What do you know about the Holy Spirit? Why do we need the Holy Spirit when it comes to the Scriptures and the Word of God? We're going to see that very plainly. Without the Holy Spirit, I cannot preach. And without the Holy Spirit, you cannot hear. See, it goes both ways. There's a giving and there's a receiving on the other end. If the Holy Spirit is not enlightening your soul and your mind and stirring up your hearts to believe the truth, you cannot receive it and it will just flow out off your back like a water on a duck's back. We need the Holy Spirit as a congregation. In John chapter 15, verse 26, it says, When the Comforter is come, now talking about the Holy Spirit, whom I will send unto you from the Father, even the Spirit of truth. He's called the Spirit of truth. And what are we to try? We're to try the spirits to see if they be of God. Where it proceedeth from the Father, He shall testify of me. Who's the Holy Spirit going to testify of? Jesus. Who's He going to lift up in the congregation? Jesus. So when people are saying they're filled with the Spirit and they're talking about everything but Jesus, be aware. Be aware. 1 John 4, 6 says, We are of God. He that knoweth God heareth us. He that is not of God heareth not us. Hereby know we the spirit of truth and the spirit of error. There's some people can hear and some people cannot. Also in John 16, 13, he says, How be it when the spirit of truth is come, he will guide you into all truth. Who guides us into the truth? We preach the truth, but it's the Spirit that guides you into the truth. He opens up your mind. He illuminates your heart, your thoughts, that you can understand the preaching of the Word. He will guide you into all, into all truth. For He shall not speak of Himself, but whatsoever He shall hear, that shall He speak, and He will show you things to come. Oh, thank God for the ministry of the Holy Spirit. In John 14, 17, it says, Even the Spirit of truth, whom the world cannot receive, they cannot receive the Holy Spirit because they're not born of God. Because it, it seeth Him not, neither knoweth Him. They can't see Him, neither can they know Him. But you know Him, for He dwelleth with you and shall be in you, because your bodies are the temples of the Holy Ghost. Beloved, we need the Holy Spirit in our lives. To teach us the Word of God. And then chapter 14, 26, he said, But when the Comforter, which is the Holy Ghost, whom the Father will send in my name, he shall teach you all things. You should be saying as you read the Scriptures daily, Holy Spirit, teach me. 
Guide me to the truth. Protect me from error, from false doctrine, from false teaching. Because why? Many false prophets have gone out into the world, John says. And bring all things to your remembrance whatsoever I have said unto you. Oh, what need have we to look up for divine guidance? Please, we be misled or to be deceived ourselves. We continue to have to guard against being deceived. Now we come down to the verse, and the verse says that we're to try the spirits. Try the spirits. This Greek word, dokamese, is translated various ways in the New Testament. One, one word is translated, is translated try. 1 Corinthians 3.13 says, Every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire. And the fire shall try, that's the Greek word, every man's work of what sort it is. It's also translated tried in 1 Peter 1.7, that the trial of your faith, being much more precious than gold that perish, though it be tried, with fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. It's also translated prove. This is the English word, but it's the same Greek word, prove. First Thessalonians 5.21 says, prove all things. It could be, you could say, try all things. Prove all things, hold fast that which is good. You're to prove whether I'm preaching the truth or not by studying the word of God. By comparing Scripture with Scripture. It's all translated, it's translated examine, examine. 1 Corinthians 11, 28 says, But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread and drink of that cup. Before you have the Lord's Supper, examine yourself. It's the same word. And it's also translated Approved in Philippians 1.10 says that you may approve things that are excellent, that you may be sincere without offense in the day of Christ. In Revelation, the last one, 2.2, it says, I know thy works and thy labor and thy patience and how thou cannot bear them which are evil and has tried them which say they are apostles and are not, and have found them liars. They, the early church, they tried them. How? By what? By the standard of God's Word and by the leadership of the Holy Spirit. Try the spirits. The word spirit is pneuma in the Greek. Now the word here is used, it refers to one in whom a spirit is manifest or embodied. Remember at one time, Satan used the mouthpiece of who? Peter. He said to Peter, get thou behind me, Satan. So Satan can work through human beings. He can work through false prophets. He does. He works through false teachers. And if we ain't not careful, he can walk even through us, speak through us. We have to be on our guard. It reversed, it refers to one in whom a spirit is manifest or embodied, hence one activated by a spirit, whether divine or demonic. They are 
It can be God speaking through us or it can be the devil speaking through us. We have to be cautious. And when you hear preachers today preaching a prosperity gospel that it means you'll prosper. All oh, money's coming your way. This, oh, you're going to be prosperous. You're going to have thousands of dollars. You know what spirit that's coming from. Try the spirits, whether they be of out of God. First Timothy chapter four, verse one says, Now the Spirit speaketh expressly, the Holy Spirit speaketh expressly, that in the latter times some shall depart from the faith. What are they departing from? They're departing from God's word, brother. Sound doctrine. Sound teaching. The principles of the Holy Spirit laid down in God's Word. They're denying the Word of God. They're mistranslating the Word of God. They're changing the words. They're doing away with the deity of Christ. They're doing away with the second coming. They're doing away with a lot of verses that teach sound doctrine. They're removing so many verses completely out of the Word of God. This is the age in which we are living in. We're living in an age of deceiving and being deceived. It said, giving heed to seducing spirits. False prophets are giving heed to what? Seducing spirits. And notice this, and doctrines of devils. You mean the devil has doctrine? Yes. The Holy Spirit just testified that he did. So everything you hear is not from the Lord, Brother Dave. No wonder the Lord said, take heed what you hear. And gave heed to the Spirit that speaketh unto the church. Churches, take heed. Here's a quote I wrote down here. True faith examines its object before reposing confidence in it. More probably the present imperative with the negative states a standing prohibition without implying that action was already in progress. That is, don't be yielding to the ever-present danger of false teachers. Let them be on guard against uncritically accepting the message of every spirit speaking through some human messenger. Back then they was considering everybody who was speaking to be speaking from God. Genesticism was teaching as we're going to see. And John's saying, you can't believe everything you hear. It's not all from God. They're not all sin of God. Paul said, no one can call Jesus Lord except through the Holy Ghost. John calls upon his leaders to use their heads and to examine closely the theologies and doctrines of all their teachers. There are no benefits to ignorance or to sloppy thinking. It's your responsibility as an individual believer in Jesus Christ to study the Word of God to see whether these things are so. This is not only the pastor's responsibility. It's your responsibility as a member of the congregation or believer in Jesus Christ. Now 1 John 4, 2 says, Hereby know you the Spirit of God. Every spirit that confesseth that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh is of God. The touchstone by which these spirits, false prophets, are to be tested is their attitude toward the incarnate person, Jesus Christ. That's the key. 
why Brother Jimmy's teaching on the Son of God is very important. The, the incarnation is an important doctrine. To reject that is to reject everything. The failure to acknowledge or to confess that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh is precisely what exposes the spirit of Antichrist, which John has already warned his readers about in 1 John 2, 23. He says, Whosoever denieth the Son, the same hath not the Father. But he that acknowledgeth the Son hath the Father also. Chapter 4, 15 says, Whosoever shall confess that Jesus is the Son of God, God dwelleth in him, and he in God. And 2 John 7 says, For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not, they don't confess, they confess not that Jesus Christ is to come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and antichrist. They were teaching that he only appeared to have a flesh. He didn't have a flesh. They denied that he was one with the fathers we're going to see. There were many back in that time that taught that when Jesus was baptized, the Spirit of Christ came into him. And at the cross when he was crucified, that Spirit left him. But the Word of God teaches that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, became flesh. Permanently. He didn't just take on a temporary body. He still has that same body in glory. He was resurrected. So it's not coming into the flesh, but being made flesh. There's many that say today that He had a body before He came into this world and that He just entered into Mary's womb and went passed through it. Beloved, He became flesh in time. In time. He became flesh. He had no flesh before the incarnation. There's many things we've looked at so far in the teachings in 1 John. The spirit of truth and the spirit of error, verses 1 through 3. The contrast between false prophets and true prophets. Also, the love of the Father and the love of the world. The true Christ and the false Christ, or Antichrist. The children of God and the children of the devil. With the love of a brother or hatred of a brother. The laying down our life, or Christ laid down his life down, or the taking of life, like the murder of Abel by Cain. These are among some of the striking contrasts in the epistle of John. And the contrast between the spirit of God and the spirit of error between true teachers and false teachers. This is what we're looking at now. The test for false prophets is taught by Jesus. Matthew seven fifteen through 20. Beware of false prophets, which come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ravening wolves. You should know them by their fruits. Do men gather grapes or thorns or figs or thistles? Even so, every good tree bringeth forth good fruit, but a corrupt tree bringeth forth evil fruit. And a good tree cannot bring forth evil fruit, neither can a corrupt tree bring forth good fruit. Every tree that bringeth not forth good fruit is hewed down and cast into the fire. Wherefore, by their fruits you shall know them. How do we know a false prophet? By their fruits. This can, this can refer to visible conduct. As we're going to see, visible conduct and it can also and does include Teachings of their doctrine, doctrines of devils. 
John the Apostle gave us two ways of testing the spirits. One is the, is the moral conduct, how they live. 1 John 3.10 says, In this the children of God are manifest, and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth or is practicing not righteousness is not of God. Neither he that loveth not his brother. If an individual is living wicked and wicked and their teachers are living and teaching ungodliness, they're not of God, Brother Dick. They're not of God. Now, I didn't say this. John, through inspiration, said that. They're not practicing righteousness in their daily lives and they're teaching false doctrine. They're not of God. And the test of love. He that loveth not knoweth not God, for God is love. So we see that this teaching of love is important. It's seen in our conduct. It's seen in our uh, relationship to God and each other. And 1 John 4, 3 says, that every spirit that confesses not that Jesus Christ is coming to flesh is not of God. And this is a spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. The spirit of Antichrist, that means to be against Christ. There's many today that are preaching in the pulpits against Jesus Christ and His teaching. He said, No man can cometh unto me except the Father draw him, and they're saying all can come. doesn't matter whether the Father draws them or not. He told the religious Jews, You believe not because you're not of my sheep. They couldn't believe. They were, they were goats. They hated God. They had no love for God. He said, you are not coming to me because you love darkness. There's the root of the problem. People without God, without hope in the world, one of the signs of them is they love darkness, wickedness, ungodliness. This is the spirit of Antichrist. Little children. It is the last time. Beloved, we are getting close, I do believe, to the last days and last time. As you have heard that Antichrist shall come, even now are there many Antichrists whereby we know that it is the last time. Who is the liar but he that denieth that Jesus is a Christ? He is Antichrist who denieth the Father and the Son. Who is the liar? They deny the miraculous conception of Christ and the Virgin Mary, so they deny that Jesus is the Christ. They do not believe in the virgin birth. The name Jesus is from the Hebrew word Joshua, which means Jehovah saves. In the name of Jesus, it contained the doctrine of deity, humanity, vicarious atonement, and the person who bears that name, Jesus. And every spirit that confesseth not that Jesus Christ is coming to the flesh is not of God. And this is the spirit of Antichrist, whereof you have heard that it should come, and even now already is in the world. That was back in his day. Look at our day. It's really, we have really declined in our day. The name Christ is Christos, meaning the anointed. And this is the translation of the Hebrew word from which we get the name the Messiah. When you read the word Christ, it means Messiah. Some translations translate the word Christ, Messiah. So what's the test? The test is the person of Christ. For many deceivers are entered into the world who confess not that Jesus Christ is come in the flesh. This is a deceiver and antichrist. 
Matthew 10.32, Jesus says this to all of us who are listening. Whosoever therefore shall confess me before men, him will I confess also before my Father which is in heaven. What is it that we're to confess? We're to confess that we believe that Jesus Christ has come in the flesh and is the eternal Son of God. We're publicly to confess that. Luke says, I say unto you, whosoever shall confess me before men, him shall the Son of Man also confess before the angels of God. He will confess us before the angels of God, before His Father. These are my children. The Jews in His day were denying that He was one with the Father. They could accept the fact that the Father was God. But they could not believe that Jesus was of the same essence of God, that He was the Son of God by having the nature of God. They couldn't accept that. And we have many today who can't accept that. False teachers abounding everywhere. Romans 8, 3 and 32 says, For what the law could not do, that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son. His own. Why did He say own? We're all sons of God, but we're not His only Son. In what sense? Only Christ shares the nature of God the Father. He is as much God as the Father is God, as the Holy Spirit is God, because He has the nature of God. He shares it. And the likeness of sin for flesh, and for sin condemns sin in the flesh. And then verse 32 says, He spared not His own Son. His own Son. So beloved, the false teachers were denying that Jesus was God's only begotten Son. And this is what you have to be on guard. So all these things, I have more to I could bring out, but I'll wait till another time. But what do you believe concerning Jesus Christ this morning? Do you believe He's the only begotten Son of God? Do you believe He's the one that created the worlds? Do you believe that He died and bore your sins in His body on the tree? Do you believe the Father accepted His sacrifice as your only hope of heaven? Beloved, these things are true. And you need to be sound in the faith. Please, read the Word of God. Study it. Meditate upon it. Read it daily. Say, Lord, teach me these things. May we pray. Father, now as we close this message, we thank You for being with us. Help us to understand the truth thereof. And may You stir up our hearts to study, to see if these things be so. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Does someone have a song in closing?